0: Welcome to Hot Plate, the conversations we should be having about our food and drink. I'm your host, Mirella Amato. This week on the Hot Plate, we take a closer look at how Canadians eat. We'll talk about food security, Canada's food guide, and distilling food scraps. Then, to lighten things up, on Curious Kitchen, we'll ask, where's the booze? Joshna, Mm mm-hmm. This year, for the first time since, I think, the, the 40s? Was it the 40s?
1: It was the 50s. Yes. It was, it was. Or maybe it was 40 years ago.
0: Let's just say a long time. A long time. The government, or the powers that be, yes. who is it? Federal Ministry of Health. Has issued a new food guide. They have. It's not super Canada's new? Canada's
1: food guide has gotten a facelift, a review, a makeover, if you will.
0: Earlier this year, right? Couple of
1: Yeah, January.
0: January.
1: January. Big news. Uh, very exciting, much anticipated by those of us who work in the
0: space. I must admit, the food guide is not something I ever not think ever about huh?
1: even as a kiddo in school and stuff. Do you do you have that memory of being taught about food with the, with the guide?
0: I do now. Okay, certainly when I went back and looked at it, and I saw the uh, the drawings and the and the rainbow business, right? And I will admit. That I, certainly with every meal that I have, I always make sure that there is a protein component, a, a right. vegetable component, and a starch component, which may or may not be a beer. Ha, it happens. I like it. And I don't always have dairy. I think, okay. was the, was dairy a specific separate one? It, meat in and that, alternatives. So it was in the
1: alternatives. Yeah, so meat and alternatives, protein, uh, vegetables, and starch, and grains. And
0: grains, yes, grains.
1: Right. It was fruits and vegetables and grains.
0: And I don't know if you looked at it recently, but in the the meat and proteins section, yes. there's you know like a, uh, clearly poultry, clearly yes, a cut beef. of beef, a fish, and then there's like these white dots. Yes. I was like, is that beans? What is it? It's it's meat and alternatives. <laughs> because I think at one
1: point nuts and cheese were trying to find their way in there. Right. It's just like little funny little random is white dots. Is it beans? Dots. Is it lentils? Is like, it peanuts? What is, that? What is it? Yeah.
0: Doesn't matter. Just eat your, your pork and your and your Just eat the your beef. Meat, right? Exactly. Oh, Lord.
1: Exactly. It's very sort of token inclusion, right? Whereas
0: the new one is is different, right? In its approach. They
1: really well, I mean, I think one of the smartest things they did was actually just put a photograph of food. Right. Right? It's it's fresh, real, enticing, colorful food.
0: It uh, didn't even hit me. Right? Yeah. That's
1: when I saw that, I was like, finally. Uh, finally, show us a plate that is in, that is something that we want to dive into, mm. right? Because all these other sort of hand drawings and line drawings that we've seen are just sort of random whole ingredients in lists, right? Whereas like, no, 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 no. Our food guide, like, it's it's always a plate.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, yes. Right?
1: It always has to arrive on a plate. So show us the plate.
0: Yeah. And the other, th- now that you mention it, because yeah. the ba- my favorite thing was the fact that a full half of the plate Is veggies, which is how I like to eat. We were talking about this in the earlier episode, how, you know, there's not enough vegetable on the plate, a little too much of other things. That's exactly it. And with the old depiction, they did have different amounts. So they would say, you know, four to five vegetables and, you know, fewer starches and fewer meats, but they had equal visual space.
1: Yes, they did. Everything had its quarter of the circle as it would be, right? Yes. Um, so this is a much a better point because visual representation. the, the servings of fruits and vegetables have always been higher, but I think that that plate was the first time that we could recognize what that meant. I agree. Right? It just um, looked right. It does. It does. And they've made some really fantastic moves in the suggestion about the foods that people should be eating. The thing that I'm most excited about is a real push towards wholesome food
0: yes uh,
1: and and thus a conscious push away from processed food
0: i have to say you know we can criticize it uh as much as we want but it it has fascinated me throughout my adult life cuz mm-hmm. i did internalize it on some level looking around how few people bother to have balanced right meals right it so you know they did their best but it didn't it didn't come across in any way i didn't didn't seem to have any Effect, you know, I'm right. seeing it's people, all, so many, not only people, but restaurants with the plate yes. has not a vegetable on it.
1: I know, I know. It's and I say to people all the time when I'm teaching classes or when I'm teaching people how to cook a steak, mm-hmm. I give them this mouthful because I'm like, yes, a, a steak to me, a steak is a luxury, more because you're going to spend more money for a beautiful piece of well raised meat. Yes. Uh, that to that's the luxurious piece and you're going to mm-hmm. use butter and baste it and have a richness that you can, that's not an everyday thing. But to me, the problem is eat your steak, but make sure that there's a pile of greens on the plate beside it. Oh, yeah. Right. Don't just eat or the steak. Or some mushrooms. Something, right? Like put, mm. help your body out. Yes. You know what I mean? It's not, it's the not meat what you're eating, but real. it's also, yes, but <laughs> it's, it's also what hurting. you're not eating. Yes. You know what I mean? It's it's not about get never eat a steak. It's eat a steak, but also remember to eat some vegetables with that steak.
0: The other thing yeah. I really loved about the and I, I wrote them down um, was the sort of other guidelines that are there. Yes, so the B side. Yeah. Yes. Cook more often. Love that. Mm-hmm. Eat meals with others. Super so important.
1: Super important.
0: No one does that. Nope. It's so weird. And I'm delighted
1: that they that Health Canada has understood that there's a health implication.
0: Absolutely. Right?
1: That is really, really important. Uh, a lot of people have sort of said that they think it's a bit fluffy and nonsense, whereas I actually see some, that makes some me sad really visionary that. thinking behind these suggestions. Because these our suffering is largely connected to a lot of this stuff, uh, as well as whatever sort of nutrient deficiency we're talking about.
0: Take time to eat nice. is one of them. Nice. Notice when you are hungry and when you are full, which is something I struggle with yes, all the time, yes. but it is important.
1: And it's about full and satisfied. It's full or satisfied.
0: Yeah. Not always the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's true. I mean, it's great mm-hmm. to bring it up and then be aware of food marketing, which is a sweeping statement. I was going to say, quite, <laughs> it's quite a stroke of a thing. They did it. Um, People will now be aware of food
1: marketing. Done. We're,
0: yep, check. Done.
1: <laughs> but listen, to that point, point. Yes. and I think maybe it's come up in a conversation with us before, I like that because I have I firmly believe that we live in a time where the level of food literacy required to make decisions about your food is higher than it's ever been in human history. Really? Like I can't think of another time where we've had to be so hyper aware of where things came from, how they were grown, what it's included. Is it GMO? Is it da da da? da? Is it gonna? Right. You know what I mean? Because pre pesticides, we just grew food and it was all organic and we didn't mm-hmm. mess around, right? But now. Right. The, the level, the, the amount of information you need to have to make good decisions about what to put in your mouth mm-hmm. is huge. Yes. And perhaps even worse is the actual resting literacy is the lowest it's ever been. What do you mean? Right. We are the most dismissive of our food than we have ever yes. been. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We pay the least amount of our money, time and effort. Right. We want the cheapest thing off real. We want the quickest, cheapest, lowest, which is why we shove food in our mouths in a car and all, you know. And people don't cook. That not at all. Because
0: it's it's a waste of time. <laughs> right? People think it's a waste of time. It's so odd. And so that people space, say it takes too long. Yeah. You can you can cook a meal from scratch in twenty five minutes. You absolutely can. Easy. You absolutely a can well balanced meal. Um This idea that it takes too much time is confusing to me.
1: Yes, it's it's a priorities issue,
0: uh,
1: and it's that gap around literacy. Uh, So kudos to Health Canada. Thank you for a great start. Uh, I really like the look of this new food guide.
0: We'll see where it goes. Sylvain Charlebois, a food researcher at Dalhousie University, is quoted as saying, over time, we do believe that there's going to be an increasing number of Canadian households that will become food insecure if they are to follow the new food guide. So, Joshna, I read that Walrus article mm. you forwarded to me about yes. food insecurity. Right. It's been haunting me.
1: It, it's heavy, right? The, yes. the, the story about the depth and the level of food insecurity in Canada mm-hmm. is a major problem, right? Four million of the 37 million of us uh, do not have Good, safe, affordable access to food. That number is staggering. It's really high. And while the focus of this piece was Canada, uh, it's important to know that this phenomenon exists throughout the entire continent. Of course. Right. And in fact, it's even worse in the U.S.
0: Yeah. And I imagine right? in some parts of Canada. Right.
1: And, and it is, even, it is it, the numbers jump exponentially when we talk about uh, our friends in the north. Oh dear! Right, uh, southern Canadian communities have mm-hmm. one level, but there is steep and fierce food insecurity among Inuit people.
0: That's not acceptable. It's
1: really not. Uh, it's really not. Tell me. I mean, it's a really big issue. But tell me, tell me what hit you about it? What felt most uh, horrible?
0: I mean, it was it was all horrible. Yeah. Um, the one part that really stuck with me is that this is such an issue that there's different levels. Of, of food ins- yes. insecurity. And I remember, so I guess the the least serious level sure. is, am I going to run out of food before my next paycheck? Before the next check, which yes. Which was like mild insecurity. Mm-hmm. And then the one one level deeper, which was aren't always eating a, as much as they need. Right. Or maybe having Skipping to meals. Uh, yeah. switch what they eat. And then the third level was, you know, missing meals. and. Yeah. Uh, just being hungry just all the time. Just really empty, empty and to yeah. me, that really highlights, I mean, if it's such a serious issue is that there are levels of it. Right. Um, it says two things. First of all, it's very serious. Second of all, we know about it. We've been studying it. Exactly. So what's next, guys? Yes, when are
1: we going to do something about it? <laughs> right? Right. Uh, it has always, uh, obviously, food insecurity, uh, right, or food security is something that I have invested Pretty much the majority of my career into working around. Yes. Right. My time at the stop was all about community food security. Right. And really coming to terms with reasons that communities and people do not have good access to food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a lot of them. However, uh, the vast majority of them will rest uh, on money. Yes. Right. Their skills and knowledge. Uh, Geographic, you know, determinants. There's all these things, but really, it's it's about the fact that people cannot afford to feed themselves well.
0: I think that was clear, right? In the article, it's really
1: that. Um, And the uh, what what is compelling to me is just really thinking through your own budgeting, right? Your after you pay for your housing, Mm -hmm. right? And we know you can't pay half your rent. You got to pay the whole thing. The next big chunk of your spending is your food, right? Right, and so and that becomes your first expendable budget line. Right. That's the first because you don't, there are no have tos necessarily. That's where things can start sliding.
0: Right. So before that, you right? might have like your bills. Yes. Or your medication. That's exactly. Or thing, you, know you know what know. I
1: mean? Uh, your transport or your kids' school or, you know, yeah. whatever else it has to be. But the food can be a thing that is constantly pushed down. Yes. Right. Because you generally can find a cheaper, 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 cheaper option.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Whereas, I mean, that's the moment where your, your, your own food security starts to plummet. Mm hmm. Right, because your dependence on less nutritious food, uh, and it 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 snowballs uh, into a really sort of uh, that's really difficult life. Yes, right. Let's just say it's really difficult to live while hungry. Um, (laughs) It's it's
0: it's difficult to function. That's it. When hungry. That's it. Um, Not to mention, and they they address this in the article, but it's true, all the different health concerns. You know, the cost, if you want to, you know, be all government and budgety. Sure. (laughs) The cost at the end of all this, of all these people who aren't eating enough with, you know, the conditions that they'll develop Mm -hmm. at the the end of the day. snowball of health impacts, right? um, Is way more expensive than addressing it at the beginning.
1: 100%, right? 100%. And this, it's a great thing to bring up because this... Was in fact the one, uh, the one problem that I had with the new assertion of Canada's Food Guide. Really, right? It's, okay. It's we have a we've just spoken about a lot of positivity about it, and mm-hmm. I stand by that. Yes. The one glaring uh, unaddressed piece is if our federal government, mm-hmm. via Health Canada, has decided that this is the way uh, Canadians should eat. What have they built in? What what measures have they taken? What systems have they built to ensure or even investigate whether or not all 37 million of us can, in fact, eat this way?
0: Tell me more about that, because right. when I look at it, you know, for the changes from the old food guide to the new food guide, I'm seeing, you know, less meat, more uh, meat alternatives, like right. beans, which are less uh, costly. I'm, right. I'm seeing some things that m- might make it easier, but of course, uh, you know. I can't see it as deeply as you can.
1: That is an accurate read. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that sort of intercepts that with a challenge Mm -hmm. is skills and knowledge. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yes. uh, Yes, the lentils, yes, they're cheaper than a piece of meat. But the the likelihood of somebody knowing how to cook lentils is quite much lower than somebody who may know how to put a something, cook a piece of something. Not to mention the time commitment.
0: Yes. To prepare lentils. That adjustment. Because, of course, people who are food insecure... Have so much time. Have on so our, much right. time. That's right. the you know put something in the crock pot. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> um and so that that becomes a real yeah. challenge, right? The 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 shift and the transition is not an easy one to make. Huh. Right? Yeah. And uh the the real danger that we run into is this is this idea that good, wholesome, fresh, real food is a sort of elitist story.
0: It's interesting right? you should say that, because the one thing that I was that Popped up for me yeah. when I was reading this Walrus article is uh, my best friend has a couple of kids in school right mm-hmm. now, and there have been some rules passed around what pe- what kids can have in their lunches. Uh, Everything has to be healthy, yes. and her children and she is not food insecure, right? You know, but sometimes right. I, you know, someone's birthday she'll slip in a Nutella or something. So sure. We're not talking about that, but um, and her children are being shamed. For what they have uh, and being told you can't eat that. It's not healthy. Oh, no. Um, that like, I, and I feel
1: a rage of fire inside of me. So
0: that. in that sense, you know, and, you know, again, for my best, not an issue, but yeah. I, I was just imagining again, and what you're saying about the food guide, you set these high standards and you're enforcing these standards, but not assisting people who not need to meet those it. standards exactly. and then
1: shaming them. For, for not making the mark. Yeah. Right. right? And we see that cycle, That's right? Not good. It, it happens to us just in mainstream media,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? I think maybe there's an acute thing happening with schools, but it's everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Um, and th- like there, I have to constantly say that we w- processed packaged food is the least desirable food to be eating, yes, right? In terms mm-hmm. of its its benefit to your body, mm-hmm. but for a lot of people, that is what is affordable, yeah, right? And so we cannot be so serious about demonizing it because for some folks that's every day
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that's where they are and that th- we need to make space for that until <laughs> the system or changes and the money. world right yeah. or just give people more money right
0: and and because they so, slowed down the raising of minimum wage now they sure did they yeah they and, down oh, they, and assistance. social
1: assistance rates are not where they might need to be to actually support people to live a good life, but we the the fact that that consideration was not made mm-hmm. is where the problem lies so what are some of the solutions right there is unfortunately it's a bigger it's a bigger bit right mm-hmm. because there is this mega attitude culture shift that needs to happen right we need because the truth is that it's not just that wholesome good fresh food is expensive that's it's too easy to say that yes the price tags may be higher yes than the than you know other food that you might be buying but the actual truth out there is the fact that the processed industrial food is artificially cheap yes right and uh, people i say that a lot and people roll their eyes at me and tell me that i have all the nice rationalizations for all my weird hippie arguments Uh, But it really is, in fact, the truth, right? Because the developing world and the planet are picking up the tab on our cheap food. um, And so the idea of buying a fresh whole piece of food Mm -hmm. in itself is actually not expensive. But because you can see this lower ticket item, right, because a one dollar burger exists it completely I think we can put burger in quotation marks indeed, there. Indeed, indeed, right? <laughs> no meat in the meat. Precisely. Um, it's, it skews our understanding of what is appropriate for us to be spending on our food.
0: And and it skews the government's yes. understanding, I think more importantly, yes. of how much how much subsidy is needed. This is it. Or how much assistance is needed. Right. Uh, and...
1: One of, the, one of the lovely bits that I found recently just in doing a bit of research mm-hmm. is uh, a lovely team of folks at Dalhousie University did a study and uh, connection to folks, uh, Canadians, in response to the assertion of the new, the new assertion of the yes. food guide. And one of the great things that they came up with was the idea that it may be too expensive uh, for most Canadians, for all Canadians. It's dangerous to say it like that. Yes. Right. Because too expensive suggests that it is a frivolous plan. Yes. When it's not at all. Right. But but people's capacity, it's too expensive for people's budgets and their capacity. Right. Because this readjustment has been made. Cheaper food is available. Like so it this the switching of this whole idea is really what what needs to happen. Right. And. Uh, revaluing people (laughs) really unfortunately right revaluing people revaluing food 100% right again Uh, on a government level uh, at that level right access to good proper whole food is in fact a basic human right I agree right it is uh, and the fact that I've always said that in the world We can only be so happy about the fact that we have, so you know, we walk around with computers in our pockets and, you know what I mean, and incredible feats of technological success. Yet, we still have not actually figured out how to make sure that all seven point whatever billion of us have a good meal at least once a day.
0: Yeah. And right? not even it here, is, it, right? It's in shame. Canada, exactly. At a, at a very basic level,
1: it, it's, it's in Toronto. It's down the yeah. street. This is not about Africa or some you know yeah. other over there notion. Um, it is here in our community. It's our neighbors who are going to bed hungry, uh, and that is a real, real problem. And uh, their children. And their children, right? Because hungry, hungry, hungry children mean hungry mothers. Yeah. Right. There's no way a mom or a parent, I'm sure a father feels this as well, will eat and not feed their kid. No, no way. Right. Mm-hmm. There's food. Two people are hungry. Only one person's worth of food. The kids getting the food. Um, so food insecurity in this country is a massive issue. I believe it is completely shameful that we have this many hungry people living in, here, in our community in this wealthy, wealthy city.
0: And equally shameful, it's not being talked about enough. So no. thank you for bringing it up, Joshna. Uh, thank you. Thanks thank for making you. space. Today, Joshna, I wanted to talk about what appears to be a growing trend Ooh. in beer and spirits. Let's hear it. And that is to make spirits or beer out of discarded foods. Okay. Yes. Okay. I have come across five or six articles about this really? in the past month. No way. About all kinds of people using, you know, day-old uh, bagel, all kinds of baked goods from, you know, food banks at the end of the day, things oh. that hasn't been distributed. Um, distribute. <laughs> <laughs> things that, you know, they have weren't able to get rid of. Yeah. Sushi rice from sushi restaurants, that sort of oh. thing uh all kinds of articles but there were two in particular that intrigued me so I want to talk about those two yes and they're very contrasting one of them is from right here in Canada mm-hmm. and it is a group near Ottawa that decided to make vodka out of milk waste oh milk waste oh yes so interestingly it appears that with um the dairy Industry having become so proficient at making cheese and mm-hmm. making uh, making yogurt, sure. using the proteins, using the cream, we're left with this uh, this product called milk permeate. Does, do you know what that so is? So sexy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Apparently, I don't know what it's that is full is of sugar. Apparently, milk has oh, lactose in it.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: And this represents about a third according to them, of what comes out of the cow and it is discarded. Right. And 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 not much fat? No. Right. I'm guessing this is is without without the fat and without the proteins. All that stuff can be put to good use. Okay. So this is a liquid that is rich in sugar, not much else. And we have many, 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 many many dairy farmers. Many, many. In this country. So that's a lot of milk permeate. Right. And so this company has decided to make vodka from this milk permeate. Okay, I like that idea a lot. They call it vodka. Va- <laughs> of course, they do. You got a pun. You yeah, got a yeah, pun yeah. with spirits. If you can, you got it right. No, with the, I agree. but is, is that a thing in food too? In in drink, everyone puns. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent.
1: Okay, it's so charming and hilarious, so it's, right? It's,
0: it's just a hospitality thing in I general.
1: Think I, it's right, and and people who also connect are connected to headlines. Okay. Right? And titles. And you know what I mean? It's like the the Baron of or You know what I mean? Whatever it has to be. Yes.
0: I sent them a little note. I said they should try making a cosmopolitan. Oh. oh, I went there.
1: I love that.
0: I'm so interested in this. Anyway, they had to approach a university because apparently it's not that easy to ferment out this particular type of sugar. Hmm. And I can confirm that from beer, where if you make beer with lactose sugar, the yeast will not ferment the lactose, oh, oh you so know they this partnered already. with okay. the university. They found a way to ferment it. And the result is a crystal clear vodka whoa that apparently is doing really well in taste tests, huh? Yeah,
1: I'm very intrigued. I'm a fan of the vodka.
0: I need to try it.
1: ah, uh, me too. I'm, I'm so, so interested. That sounds like I th- my mind says that that's delicious,
0: you'd think so. yeah. Maybe this Milk is the sugar? one vodka that you can drink, Joshna. Maybe. That won't take you to that horrible place. Right.
1: <laughs> I remember. That friendly, friendly That's how vodka. to get
0: secrets out of Joshna. It really is. Feed her vodka.
1: It really is. That could be an interesting episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I came across, which was fantastic, is this guy named Bjorn Steiner. Bjorn. And he's in Europe, uh, in Iceland, actually. Apologies. And he describes himself as a product designer. And a professional dumpster diver. Of course he does. And I have to admit, I love what he's doing. Yeah. He goes to larger food importers. Okay. Will go into their dumpsters and find, you know, a huge pile of bananas Mm -hmm. or cherries or whatever happens to be there. Right. And then he will take that and that's his catch of the day. Okay. calls it the catch of the day. And he will just ferment that little batch of banana from oh, that and it's you know like this small bespoke batch.
1: situation. Exactly. Oh.
0: Isn't that delightful? That's so nice. Oh. That I, is so nice. I love the I love the name, catch of the day. Totally. I love the idea that cause these are brandies and so they'll be single fruit brandies each one. Oh. And uh it's just so fun. I love oh, the whole, I like, that. and he, you know, hand writes all the labels, and he's turned it into this super fancy thing. I want to taste them all. I wonder what his distribution
1: process is. I wonder. Right? There's people on the inside. There's Clearly, there's got to be community on the inside who connects to him, and it's just like, just uh, a subscription model would really be the smartest, right? For
0: sure. And, you know, I, he shows his equipment. Uh, I've seen the video. It's tiny, so it's very, very small batches. I don't think he oh, needs to look so far great. to find uh, people. But well are there done. any food initiatives that are, is there any way to reuse food into food or does it just have to be turned into booze? No, there's lots of ways to reuse food into food. Okay. Right.
1: There's, I mean, there's sort of simple stuff mm-hmm. like uh, we see a lot of lovely scenarios where you're making like uh, pastry pockets with mushroom and broccoli stems. Okay. Right. Because it's yes. the stuff that is always sort of tossed and not paid attention to. So if we just reduce, we pull that. We, okay. Uh, hopefully it doesn't actually get to the dumpster. Yeah. You know what I mean? It originally will head out in the organic spin. But if you can if you can rework it, and truthfully, I mean people don't realize that on a stem on a stalk of broccoli if you take your veg peeler and just peel down two or three layers you get to a very tender sweet
0: right. thing right i'm i'm just confused right? cuz i eat the stalks of both I my broccoli and my mushrooms my darling am i doing it wrong
1: no you're doing it super right okay um but a lot of people just want the trees on the broccoli and they just want the cap on the mushroom they
0: even sell that the broccoli uh, crowns. Precisely. With, I'm like, where's right? the rest of the broccoli? Yeah. That's so weird. Uh,
1: and so these are the sort of nice things to mm-hmm. do there. In fact, um, one of my pals, uh, Chef Ricky Casipe of Ricky and Olivia fame here in the city. Okay. He started making taco shells out of chicken skins. Wait, what? Yeah. Taco shells out of chicken skins. So chicken skin tacos. That sounds right? delicious. So exactly. So the chicken skin, you can sandwich it between two sheet pans mm-hmm. and roast it in the oven, essentially. Right? right. That renders out the fat and it flattens it and crisps it up. Mm-hmm. So then, and then he would put like a bit of sort of you know you need something bright and acidic to cut through all the fat of the skin, but it is rich and perfect and delicious. Right. And texturally, all things, oh, so just seems so satisfying, good, right? and you can do things like. um. Sprinkle mushroom powder and stuff on top of it for uh, you know what I mean for all sorts of augmented or chilies or nutritional yeast and all this kind of stuff Um, and fourth and this is all stuff that would have just been chucked in the organic bin for sure right so there I mean listen the truth is any good kitchen has the most minimal waste right before global warming before climate you know before any of it that was just ethics of running a kitchen well
0: that's what the soup of the day is for
1: right that's exactly it that's exactly it Um, but now in this sort of this new climate and this new excitement and passions that we have around reducing waste there are so many delightful awesome things that can be done uh, with food that would have been chucked or just um, broadening our understanding of what is not good
0: Ready for Curious Kitchen, Dasha? I am! I love the big smile that comes on your face when I pull out the glassware. I love it when
1: (laughs) it's a thing to drink.
0: So don't be misled by the container because this is, uh, I, I poured it in here. What we are sampling today is called Garden 108. Okay. Are you familiar with this? Not at all. I think you might be when I give you a little more information. Okay. It's made by a company called Seedlip. Oh, Yes. 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 So Seedlip oh, okay. is a company that makes non-alcoholic Alks. distilled spirits. Right. Which I find really intriguing. Me too. So this one is called Garden 108. It is the more uh, vegetal option. <coughs> Can you smell that? It smells very green. Hmm. Getting some time. I get peas, but I know there's peas in it, so I think there's a power of suggestion there. Mm. I thought it'd be interesting to just taste it straight. I, this is normally made for mixing, okay? But you know, I have gin straight, I have bourbon straight, so let's see. Tastes like thin juice. Yeah, it's a bit of a a bit of a tang to it, like citrus. There is some citrus. Thyme. I'm getting some thyme. The herbiness of th- the astringency, totally. Weird, eh? Yeah. I don't know if I would just drink this. No. And I will tell you for sure, at the price point, I would not just drink this. Right. It's a kind of expensive. Um, but their suggestion is to have it with tonic water, so I bought some tonic water. It is a really delicate aroma. Okay. Apparently, this is made with uh, hay and peas and hops. And what they do is they will... It's a proprietary process. Hay and pea and... Yes. But they will soak or steep or macerate the different ingredients and then distill them and then, oh, independently. And then, blend, and then blend them oh. together. That's uh, as much information as they have okay. on the site. You know, it's made for blending. I don't think anyone's supposed to just drink it uh, like okay. that. You really do miss okay, the alcohol is, you, when you, you just drink it like do. that. Yeah.
1: Uh, but I like that notion that it's, it's just another thing to blend.
0: It adds complexity. So
1: that temperance cocktails are, uh, are more of a real thing.
0: For sure. So, let's just um here you go. I'll let you decide how much you tonic much. you'd like to throw in there. Cheers. Cheers. The bubbles are certainly lifting the aromas out from the seed lip. Oh. It
1: really Now, tonic tonic is a little bossy. Mhm. Oh, but that is compelling. Yeah. All those flavors together?
0: Right, it's the, blending nicely with really the, is. the quinine from, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, from yeah. the tonic water
1: because there's usually a little bitterness on the finish, but this 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 Garden One Hundred Eight is taking care of that. It's, it, it is, and, and it's sort of letting the flavor continue, right? It's yeah, extending the flavor. Those fresh somehow. notes yeah. are really lingering. Oh, see, okay, Garden One Hundred Eight. I see what your job is.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
1: That is quite good. It's intriguing. I can imagine with ice and uh, mint leaves or cucumber slice or something.
0: Yes. right. I love cucumber g and
1: cucumber slice for sure.
0: So what do you think? Would you find an excuse to to grab a bottle or just stick to the the occasional cocktail at the bar? Well, there. I
1: will be honest with you. The, the novelty of it has not escaped yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, I'm like, oh, that's really
1: interesting. How else can we use it?
0: Ah, right, from a about other flavor, yeah,
1: from a flavor perspective, because there's something interesting about something that has the res- like. Because a lot of the reason why we cook with booze mm-hmm. is are those residual flavors, yes, and the things that are left after we've burned the alcohol off, mm. right? Which is I think where they were headed, yes, with this to make you a thing that has that flavor of booze without obviously without the intensity of the booze, yes. So, like in a sauce. Or in a, you're right. Or in a, in a, in a, like in a custard or something interesting like that. Like there's room there, without the task of having to burn off the alcohol, right? Right, and not huh. that that's necessarily onerous, but
0: no, there's, no, some, like there's something
1: there, right? To like deglaze a pan, think about a risotto, mm-hmm. right, or something like that, where we would take vermouth and I deglaze that pan, but but all the things that I want out of the vermouth have nothing to do with the booze, right? I actually want the booze out of there, and you I do. want all those other beautiful minerally herby flavors
0: as well as though the some of the caramelization from the yes. sugars which this is this has no sugar it's no sugar it's just no okay it's just flavored water um but there is, But that's interesting I will there's say something there they have cocktail recipes on their website. maybe you need to offer up some uh some some kitchen-y food, recipes. food stuff yeah, yeah.
1: I'd oh. be very curious about that. It is, it, it's growing on of, me yeah, it's, it, there's something there right it's unique also I,
0: I appreciate the innovation thanks for listening if you're enjoying the hot plate rate us or leave a review we'd love to hear from you you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod. Follow me at Birology on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And follow Joshna at Joshna Maharaj on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you to Joshna for joining us today. Hot Plate is recorded at Eggplant Picture and Sound Studios. Our audio engineer is Brad Tigwell. Original music by Dave Bell. Hot Plate is produced by Mirella Amato, that's me, and Dennis Coyne. That's a wrap.